0: to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had the chance to speak with Feli over Zoom Video. Feli was born and raised in Connecticut, and he talks about how he got into music, started writing beats and creating beats at a very early age. When he was in high school, he started to rap and put words over the beats they had been creating. He was throwing these up on YouTube, actually selling some of the beats on YouTube as well. He had this story about when he was a freshman in high school and at the I think it was the basketball games. The upperclassmen would always grab him and kind of bring him to the front. And during the game, he would go up there and freestyle rap. He ended up going to college at USC for music. And that's where he met a bunch of other guys in his dorm. And they started 2273 Records where they would put songs out on Bandcamp and SoundCloud and eventually Spotify. Felly told us about releasing Young Fell 1 and how five years later he just released Young Fell 2. Obviously a lot of records in between there, so we talk about that. We talked about how Felly was able to get Carlos Santana on one of his songs and all about how COVID kind of changed the sound of Young Fell 2. He said he had the whole record pretty much done and then when quarantine happened, he spent a lot of time reworking the record and it's completely different now than it was. When he first started, you can watch our interview with Feli on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're an Amazon shopper, a portion of your everyday purchases will help support our podcast with just a few clicks. It's super easy. Please head over to our website, bringingitbackwards.com, and click on Amazon. Each time you begin your purchases, those few extra clicks will help keep our mission of providing a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom so that all artists and music enthusiasts have access to meaningful and memorable advice. that will help inspire their own musical journeys to recap, please head over to bringinitbackwards.com and click on Amazon before you make each and every purchase. Because a portion of that purchase will add up in a big way to help support our mission. Thank you so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Feli. This podcast is about you and your journey in music. We'll talk about the new record. Awesome. Good to meet you, Adam. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, so first off, talk to me
1: about where were you born and raised? I was born in Connecticut, um, Bridgeport, Connecticut, and I was raised there as well. Um, to, I was the youngest of three, and then my dad died, and I became the youngest of five. We joined families and uh, kind of grew up as the youngest one of a lot of them, and then just kind of got all their influence and, uh, music tastes, you know, grew up fast just because of like, they're having parties and stuff and just got to kind of be a little rascal. Um, you it was fun. Yeah. That's cool. And how did you get into music? Um, I think like after, after my dad's passing, I feel like I had time to, uh, be alone, you know, like everyone had to do their shit. Like my mom was like, you know mm-hmm. figuring out how to make money and my brothers and sisters were like just like being teenagers and stuff so I think I feel like I was like alone a lot not like intentionally just kind of so it happened um and so I kind of had a lot of time to to think and um make something like I don't know shit I was bored I don't want to you know the Video games get old after a while, and then you're just like, Yo, like, there's gotta be more than just this. So, mm-hmm. um, started to get into sampling. I really like the sound of records, old records. Um, uh, like, I would hear like a beat with a sample in it, um, from the 90s or earlier, and just be like, What the hell's going on? And I just thought it was like amazing because it was like timeless. Like, I thought that was so cool. Um, that you could, you know, pretty much hear audio and have put yourself in a time machine mm-hmm. it was the closest thing to time travel that i that i encountered so i wanted to be uh to play a role in that so i started to make beats yeah
0: okay were you fairly young when your your father passed away yeah i was eight. Oh
1: my gosh i'm so sorry that's that's hard it's all good brother
0: yeah okay so around eight you're that's when you're just getting you know uh you're just listening to music more when did you start re- uh recording beats or i think beats?
1: Yeah, I think like from eight till 12, you're just kind of like a little like kid. Um, And then I feel like around 12, 13, you start to like, we started to like film videos like around the house and like little skits and, you know, funny YouTube videos. You know, you're on your computer, you're watching YouTube, you're like, you know, ingesting content as we know it today to be called. Um, But I... I my f- our first thing I ever did was like I had my friends record um, there was like this competition on YouTube for uh, Nintendo Wii and it was like a talent show. So I was like, all right, well, we can make a beat on Band and we can like rap a funny song. So we made like, this funny song. Uh, I think it was called like condom. And we just thought it was hilarious because we're <laughs> like 12 year, 12 year olds talking about condoms and just, sure. just cringy, but it's great. Um, and we won, of course. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> got, got the Wii. Sold the Wii. Made three hundred bucks. Split it with my friends. Made a hundred each, and then just just kind of like, all right, like, we're lit. <laughs>
0: like, For like, sure. Wow, that's incredible to win. <laughs>
1: yeah, we're ready, we're ready to go. Yeah. So did that like?
0: Did, did you just submit it privately to YouTube or something, or was it like based
1: no, on views like, or? It was like this guy hosting like a he had like a YouTube channel, you know, like he was like. Uh, it was to probably promote him and uh-huh. like sort of like be like, you guys do talent show and I'll I'll fund a, I'll fund a we and I'll pick the best one because. Okay, I see what it. Uh, so yeah. it was
0: off somebody else's channel. It wasn't yeah. like YouTube sponsored.
1: No, no, no. But
0: still, that's that's pretty amazing. They won.
1: Hell yeah! Oh yeah! Shout out to that. <laughs> if he's ever so, out there.
0: So that was a uh, imagine a validating moment in your music career.
1: That was it, man. That's all I needed.
0: <laughs> and then moving forward, was it just making more beats
1: or? Uh... It's, it's all been smooth since then. Yeah. <laughs> you just hung, you knew no, like, <laughs> you were set at that point. Yeah, I was set, right? I have a hundred, like, I'm good. Um, no, it, then it was like making beats on um, MPC and MPD. She kept getting equipment, like mm-hmm. different things, like whatever I could like afford as a young little guy. Um, and then I was filming them on YouTube. Like I, I had this fish eye. I totally bit the idea off this one guy, this guy, Rhythmatical who I saw and he had like the fish eye. He was out in California. I was like, he was just hitting the pads and I was like, that's the coolest thing on earth. And I was just like, I'm going to get a fisheye camera and I'm going to do that. And, um, yeah, I just started to make beats and just like, it was just like something to do. It was very fun. Um, mm-hmm. And then I needed to, like, then the beats needed, like, words and shit. And it was just sort of, like, started rapping out of, like, necessity almost. Like, um, yeah, like, I just needed to, like, put words in. So I was like, I might as well make them good words, you know, like, mm-hmm. make that shit sound good. Uh, so, yeah. Then it started just, like, kind of putting out albums on, like, Bandcamp, YouTube, um, excuse me, um, like, all sorts of stuff. started selling it. I started to like, I, I, I was like very hustle. It was like a little hustler. Um, I like was selling beats. I was selling stuff on band camp. I was selling like candy at school. Like I, my, my backpack was a bag full of like blow pops and lollipops and shit. And I made like a rack off like lollipops. Um, and I would just like, I was just, like, getting money. I don't, I don't know. It like, the most, like, Connecticut, like, white bullshit way. Like, I was just getting money.
0: Yeah. That's hilarious. Were you still in high school when you were
1: selling beats? Um, yeah, I sold some beats through high school. But then high school, I started to, like, sort of rhyme more and was rapping. Um, okay. And then I was getting a lot of shit from, like, upperclassmen and people because they'd never seen like a young little like i was like 80 pounds coming into high school though like i look like a bird um and so like i got my shit like kind of like like they like put me to the test which was good looking in hindsight because like Mm -hmm. we have these like hockey games and shit and um and like the the we had like the biggest like crowd bomb squad they called it Mm -hmm. there would be like a there would be like 600 700 kids and then they would pick all the freshmen the freshmen would be like hiding and like quivering and shit and then they were they they, the upperclassmen guys who were like in our eyes were like the coolest dudes ever they were Mm -hmm. at the front just like wasted like had girls with them and just like kings and then they would like pick you know, freshmen to come up and they would crowd surf them down and they would usually have to do something like something embarrassing usually, but they would always make me rap. And so every game, cause I'm going to the games cause they're fun to go to but every game. I'm like, I'm like ready to like, I'm on my eight mile shit. I'm like, I'm like in the green room, like ready to, ready to bar up. Um, and then they would throw me, they would throw me to the front and I would have to rap in front of all these like, just like angry testosterone heavy, like drug kids, and I would kill it every time. And so, like, it's just like, you know, they, they would talk their shit, but they like it was almost like tough love, it was like brotherly love, it was like right, incest, but like, but like, we fuck with you, like, and then like send them back, get them out of here, like, so it was cool. Um, uh, but yeah, that is just like a really unconventional rap story. I'm mean, it's not like, uh, it's That's totally a... That's definitely different. Different from Nas for sure.
0: Oh yeah, oh sure. But that's still a cool. That's a rad story, right? I mean, to to be kind of a young kid to be pulled through uh, to the upperclassmen and get the chance to rap in front of your whole school. I mean, that must have not only that probably pretty nerve wracking. I would imagine.
1: For sure, for sure. But it was cool because it was like a sport. And like speaking of sports, it's like even even the sports I played, I was trash at all the sports. They wouldn't ever play me. I would be on the bench, but then I would, they would have me rap after the games. <laughs> we, would, we would always be winning and shit. Like, I played no role in it other than rapping at the end. Um, and so, yeah, that was, like, my... That was my role. But then kids kids were talking shit, all that shit, and then got into a good school, got into USC, kind of through mm-hmm. just doing what I was telling you, like, making beats, selling beats, being, like, a little entrepreneur-type guy. Um, and then got into USC and sort of, you know, expanded it, started to like, um, you know, I was in in a music school, but I was in music industry. So, cause I can't read music. Um, So I was around all the kids. I was around the jazz kids. I was around the pop music kids who could read music and were focused super on playing. I was focused on like making beats, rhymes, getting money, having fun. Um, and then, so like, I kind of saw what was at my fingertips and they wanted, and they were bored of playing scales and shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let's make let's, let's, let's like, let's group together. So we started something called two, two, seven, three, which was our dorm room number. I didn't really start it, but I was sort of like one of the key members of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but two, two, seven, three was my boy Gypsy's um, dorm room and we would just gather in there smoke weed hang out make beats film it we put it on tumblr it went crazy on tumblr um and yeah just i just kept putting out albums that we toured a bunch of times i'm just kind of going fast but no yeah, it's sort so, of like yeah but
0: it all kind of spiraled out of of the dorm room in, in college or that sounds like where it really started to pick up steam
1: for sure definitely like i think you need a crew like I think a crew is important Um and I've gone back and forth on that. I've been like, no, I just need me or I'm better alone. And then I'm like, fuck no, this shit's not even fun. If you're not, if you don't have your crew, like mm-hmm. squad is everything. And like, you just want to be having fun. Like these rappers that are like, a lo- like doing it all alone and they just don't look like they're having as much fun. Right. And what was like,
0: I know like the song fabrics you have is huge streaming numbers, like ridiculous. Right. I mean, a lot of your songs have a ton of streams, but like, was that a song that came out of those dorm room days or was that a little bit later down the line?
1: For sure. Fabrics came out of like a small like dorm room, like made the beat myself, like, um, no plan, no thought on that one. I'm just convinced that one is just big because of Spotify playlists and because it starts with a jazz sample and like they play it in coffee shops and shit. Uh, like <laughs> like I, I think that shit's all like, you know, you can't even like like it's a good song. Don't give me it's a good song. Right. But, but it's definitely like algorithmy song. Like that song's like a that one works in the algorithm. That's why it has a lot of numbers, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, but it didn't.
0: It came out like probably in the beginning, it, the ages of Spotify, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I must have been like 20, 19 or 20 when I put it out. Um We threw our stuff on Spotify before we even knew Spotify would be like a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's just kind of worked its way to the top. But I, I love that about Spotify. I love how it kind of like things like creep out of nowhere. You could have a song out for I was talking to my homies from surf, uh, this band called Surfaces. Uh, they got that song "Sunday's Best," and they was like, "They were like, yo, when we put this out, like, I think it did like three thousand plays like the first month or like the first year or something. Like it just wasn't a thing, and then it just like time passed, and it was just like, here it is, you know. So the delayed gratification of of hit songs is always cool."
0: Is that kind of what happened with with fabrics, or was it like one of those songs that kind of picked up
1: a couple of years later? absolutely that's exactly what happened. I was just like damn this one's this one's got some steam. Like I knew it was a cool song um, but in my mind, it could have been any any other song um uh, from that from that time or that era right
0: was that the first thing was that song something that started to draw like eyes to you at that point, or was there another record before that that kind of you see, I don't. I
1: don't even think Gosh that. The the, yeah, I don't think even think that's like what I'm talking about. It, I'm not. I'm not degrading it. I'm just saying it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, like if I'm gonna think of like pivotal songs for yeah. for the journey, it's like Desert Eagle. Okay. Faith, probation. Um, really, those two. Like those two during the co- when I was in college and when we played them for. People who are also in college who just started smoking weed, like the first line of probation is, I'm on probation, I can't smoke too much. Like, I think that just kind of like fucked people up and was just like, <laughs> holy shit, like, I feel you, or like, whatever the fuck that means. Right, uh, right. And then Desert Eagle also um, was just sort of like, oh shit, we're here. Um, Fabrics is always that cool, chill one that was just like, okay. It, it's it's not like a banger banger, but it's like that. It's like cool and that you keep in your pocket. And you're like, this one's a smash. Low key.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, on Desert Eagle, that was on your Young Fell record. Yeah. And the record that just came out is Young Fell 2. Yes. And we're like, what, like five years in between the two albums.
1: Yeah, yeah, something like and that. A, and All a right.
0: bunch of, obviously, a bunch of other records in between there. Mm-hmm. Um, would, like... Would you say this next or this this record you just put out? Like, how come that became two? Like, what happened in the process between there that you decided to pick up at a record that was from twenty sixteen?
1: Um, I have these like beings that exist in me. <laughs> this gets out far out, but it's like it's just like uh, like young fell is like a uh entity of my body. Like it it comes out like you know it's it's like that it's like the careless energy the the young wild energy um and not that i had shifted away from that but i started to explore other sounds and started to like you know keep my eye on like how like how i'm gonna mature the sounds like stuff like mariposa is sounds like maybe an album like a 50 year old could make um because it's got like you know, it's a little bit more dusty. It's got stuff with Santana with the old heads, like mm-hmm. it's got this, like. Um, more timely quality to it. But then I, I, as time kept going, I was just like, I need to tap into this young spirit that I feel right now, because like you're not always going to be in your 20s. And like if I don't make these type, if I don't make this type of album, or this type of music now um I'll never be able to um and so it was sort of like honoring that which exists in me um just that that free energy that young energy like give a fuck energy which I'm always gonna have in me but um yeah that's that's sort of where the idea for, for young felt who came came about I kind okay. of explained that horribly I feel like but uh
0: no, it makes sense. I mean, you feel like you feel like you were just kind of evolving as an artist and going in kind of different directions up until now. You're like, you know, what? let's kind of go back to where I felt like started.
1: I was. Yeah, I felt like I was evolving almost too fast for my own good um, okay. and that I needed to honor like older parts of myself that helped me get there. Like Mariposa, the album right before Young Phil mm-hmm. 2 is uh it's like the first time I'm playing guitar in my shit. Like, I'm just like, I just like learned that shit and then like totally embodied it and took it on. It kind of did a decent job for for how, you know, fast the evolution was. But uh, I just saw that, okay, it's going to go there eventually. It's going to be like this, like, uh, I don't even know. I don't even want to give spoilers because it's like, I can't tell the future, but like, basically I see a lot of truth in that but at the same time I can never lose or discredit that young spirit or that, that, you know, kid in his fucking mom's basement playing the beat beat maker thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I can't just throw that away. So I, I I needed to incorporate that along with the guitar sounds and all that. Yeah.
0: When did you start playing guitar? It sounds like it wasn't that long ago.
1: No, it was when I lived in Brooklyn. Um, I think it was like, four years ago three three or four years ago now um but yeah i just keep that keep the thing on me i just like
0: (laughs) now you got a bunch behind you like you have a bunch of pictures
1: Yeah, yeah i mean i just like it's like uh i just touch it like i just hold it like people talk to me i'm like touching it i'm thinking about it i don't know it's just like yeah it's it's the best it's like an extension of yourself it's like a new power it's like a it's like you get, like, a new arm or something. I don't know. <laughs> sure. And then to be able to
0: have a song with arguably, like, the best guitar player on the planet, I mean, with
1: Santana, like, how did that connection happen? I think that's what, like, kind of showed me, like, like, don't, um, don't limit yourself to just being that bedroom rapper type, type guy. Like, you can... Clearly, if this man is, like, fucking with you and saying he loves this song, like, go that way. Like, you can can (laughs) go that way. Like, that's not like a, like, just don't limit yourself in any way. And if another rapper comes and fucks with me, like, I think, like, Cardo Got Wings, who does, like, fucking Drake beats and Mm -hmm. uh, Wiz Khalifa and shit, he's like, he's like, yo, I love your song Language, which is, like, this song that's, like, something just, like, beat I made on Winters in Brooklyn, like, this edgy shit, like, um, and I just love that it could be these two worlds of like, uh, just no limits, like mm-hmm. just no boxes. It's so it's so amazing. Cause like, if you, if you embody that, you show other people that it's not about that. Um, but just because I just totally alluded, uh, diverted from your question, um, the, the Carlos shit happened because I had the song heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Someone from my label is called same plate. They work for Sony sent it over to Carlos's team just on a whim um, because they were like we are trying to make this record go um, and they were like shopping like other you know feature artists like pB rock and like a bunch of like rappers and that I was like this wouldn't be that exciting uh, with all respect to all them but it just didn't fit the record but then mm-hmm. and then Carlos was like, yo <laughs> I want to play on the song I love it. Uh, I have two days my wife's out of town come up to the bay area and we'll get in the studio and i was literally sitting here meditating it was sober october i was doing sober october so i was like i was in my bag i was like breathing i was sober i was meditating and i get the call um, from my manager like yo carlos is fucking with it (laughs) and i'm like Let's go. I was just like, I was like, this shit's real. I was like, this ma- I was like, I was like, this manifest shit's real, bro. <laughs> um, that so, is
0: crazy. Yeah. Is, did you get to work in the studio with him or did he just put his, yeah.
1: no, oh my we, gosh, we up. I brought, brought a few of my friends and we, you know, we got in the studio. He was 10 minutes early. He walks in. He's the first, the first 15 minutes he, before he even introduces himself, he's talking about Miles Davis He's just going off about how, how crazy Miles Davis is, what we should check out of Miles Davis. And he goes, how you doing? I'm Carlos. And I'm just like, I'm like it's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like, All right, I'm done. <laughs> uh, and then he took he took pointers from me and shit. I was just like, what if he did this? He was just like super receptive, like, really?
0: Yeah, wow. Real,
1: real ass dude, like clean spirit, amazing guy. I got to play with him in Vegas um, uh, a few weeks after, and we played the song, and they learned it at sound check, and I got to play with them and shit. Like, it was amazing.
0: That's mind blowing. That's so cool.
1: Very cool. Yeah.
0: And we so. When do you start working on uh, this new record?
1: Young Felt, where?
0: Yeah, Young Felt too. Like, was this something that came about over the course of like the? quarantine or like is that something that you kind of had an idea on prior to that
1: for sure I mean I had a version of it during quarantine that I was like ready to drop like I was ready to drop like a year ago um and then I kind of sat with those records and they kind of sounded a little bit too a little bit too quarantine-y like they sounded too like bedroom-y um Mm -hmm. And I wanted to kind of expand and open up my heart and the sound and involve more people. And then I got signed. And then that allowed for me to like, kind of, you know, fuck around a little bit more, go to Miami, make some records there, get a house in Topanga, California, bring some people out there, bring in better producers. Um, And then we got to just like sort of make a better album. Um, And some of the songs remained from the previous version, but Overall, like listening back, I'm like, OK, yeah, time, time heals. Time heals all wounds. Time fixes a lot of albums most of the time, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think on this one, it, it, it definitely was good to get that little extra time because I was maturing, but I was maturing in a weird way. Like I wasn't fully. I, I was it was it would have been premature. The uh, the young the first version of Young Fell 2 was like premature. Uh, I wasn't fully on the wave that I'm now on. Okay. Yeah. And so were the,
0: did you have like the structure then for the songs? Did you keep most of the structure and then you just kind of built?
1: I scrapped about 10 of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I scrapped a lot of them. Um, they'll probably just be gone with the wind.
0: <laughs> and you just started fresh and you, and you, did you know, you knew it was still going to be part two.
1: Yeah, I knew it was going to be part two, but I needed it it to to have uh, more musical elements. Like, it it was just too much of... It sounded like I tried to do the first album again Mm -hmm. rather than trying to do the first album and then some new shit that I've also learned along the way, like guitars and vocal effects and better mixes and shit, you know?
0: Do you feel like having the time because of the pandemic that it helped the record or if if we didn't have that downtime, we, would you have just put out what you had originally?
1: Yeah, I probably would have just kept going, bro. And just like jumped on a tour after and just like, you know, cause you can, you can promote and sell anything. Like you, you can stand by anything, but It's like, what do you want to really stand by? Uh, mm-hmm. And so like, it takes a lot of looking in the mirror and seeing things that you're like, I don't know if I could live, like, I don't, I don't know if I could live with this. And so you have to really, you know, it takes time to to, to have something that you really like, I can stand by this. Um, and it's not a perfect record. There's, there's still, you know, I mean, I'm still going to be continuing to make records and I feel like I can make a better record this week. Um, but, you know, it's, it just takes that time to, to, let the project show you what it is to be mm-hmm. and for you to honor that and just like, let it go and just see what happens. Um, yeah.
0: I like it. And you have some shows coming up or you just played some shows, right? Yeah. A I, I, couple Santa Cruz, Denver, and then you have one coming up in Texas.
1: Yep. Yeah. We got Texas this week. We just played Santa Cruz and Denver. They were insane. Um I don't know why I was like, I felt like almost forgotten about. Maybe it's just the fucking phone, um, but just like the internet and shit, just doesn't give you that love. Uh, uh-huh. It doesn't matter what the numbers are. You just can't feel. It it's just like it's like a block, um, which I'm kind of worried about with like just the way shit's going because we're gonna fully go into here. But seeing people at the shows, like dabbing people up, screaming people's faces, like ah, oh, it's the it's the best. Um, like there's absolutely nothing like it. Like I couldn't sleep after either of the shows just out of like, I was like, I'm just elated. Like I've played many shows, like many great shows. And, 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 but I was just like, oh, this is like the fucking, this is like the drug of it. Um, mm. but I kind of owe it to the people, the, the people, even like, even like 500 kids in front of you, just like give, like giving you that energy, like you're taking that, you're also giving it. It's just like this like, whoa. Um, and even the kids we had we had these new kids open up for us. They're called Fear of Making Out. They're really dope. I found out about them like a couple of weeks ago and I was like That's a cool name. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, yo, y'all, y'all gotta come up to Denver. I have a sold-out show. I need an opener. Like they're like, Bet, we're there. So they drove up. And they've played a couple of shows, but they, I don't. I I think that was like one of the better ones that they've like better crowds that they've experienced. Probably. <laughs> and they got they got off the they got off the stage and it was like you know that same feeling, just like elated, just like yo, like bro, what is this? And I was like I was like I was like, careful now. I was like I was like you're 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 hooked now. Like there's no <laughs> yeah. there's no going back after that. Like it's just, <laughs> it's just the shit, man. Like live cool shit.
0: That must be special to kind of pass that forward to somebody. It's, it's, it's people that you like, right? I mean, artists that you like. You're like, "Hey, I I I've already sold out this venue. Want to play in front of this huge crowd of people."
1: <laughs> it, it really is it's the most beautiful feeling ever. Um not because it's so not selfish or anything. It's just like right. It's just like right. natural. Um and it was cool cuz I had um I had the guy from Big Gigantic there who mm-hmm. Who has welcomed me out to Red Rocks and that was like my biggest show I've done like most people I've ever played in front of and so he was at the Denver show coming out at my show just just to do our song together and so he saw me talking to the younger fear of making out kids and I just I didn't I didn't bring it up just because I didn't want to ruin the feeling the moment but I was just sort of like in my head I was like you know this guy gave me this experience. I'm able to give these kids this experience and we all want to give more. Like he wants to help me out more. I want to help him out more. I want to, I want these kids to grow more. And I already know that these kids are going to help out the next kids. So it's like music is this just pack of love. I don't know. It's just Mm -hmm. like, this, like, just lineage of love. Like it just goes through people and it's like no one, owns it no one gets like a special seat there's no no, like VIP tickets and music like yeah there's great bands and stuff but like this is like something we can't see and you can't own and you can't uh yeah it's just it's just it just is so you just have to like you just like everyone's involved Mm
0: -hmm. it kind of goes back to what you said earlier with the squad you got to have a you know your squad of people and you're kind of building your own squad within you know the industry
1: yeah Yeah, it's, like, open up those doors for people to, I mean, obviously, if they're not, if if they're, make sure they're not snakes, but, um, you know, sharing it. Sharing it is, like, you get more power when you give it away. Like, that's some spiritual shit I've been hip to lately. It's, like, like give away your power and you become more powerful. It's this fucked up thing.
0: I love it. I love that. (laughs) Well, on that note... I was going to say were those your first shows back uh from the quarantine? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I I bet that added to the emotional aspect of the show too.
1: Absolutely. I didn't think anyone would be there. I thought it would be like um I just thought it'd be like uh a weak ass covid scared crowd. <laughs> 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 but they were going nutty like Yeah. That's a,
0: that's amazing. That is so cool. Well, thank you so much for doing this, Phil. I appreciate it. Um, I have one more question for you, uh, kind of related to what you just said about taking power and giving it forward is just if you have any advice for aspiring artists.
1: Advice for aspiring artists. Um, I mean, my go-to is usually what Quincy Jones said, um, which is your music is only going to be as good as you are as a person. Um, So to start with working on yourself, but I feel like I could push that a little bit more. Um, I would say, I think there's something about knowing when it's ready. I think a lot of kids these days, everyone's showing the process so much that it almost dilutes like like it's almost like, no, don't don't show anyone yet. Like, um, cause everyone's so eager to just put out content and not become irrelevant. But it's like, dude, take two years to get sick at you know one thing. Like learn this. Like I, I think my my advice is to lock mm-hmm. in and focus and put in the time and work on one thing before you try to like sell it before you try to like show the world it like that's that's my advice to myself right now is like yo i'm gonna like not trip so much about tiktoks i'm gonna pay someone to do the tiktoks (laughs) someone else do that shit because i'm gonna i'm i gotta get my scales right i gotta make sure my fucking pinky is working great um i gotta make sure my voice holds um so it's stuff like that um that i think kids can get lost in because there's almost not enough time to even work on the craft anymore or you know record to tape or or do analog things or like you know i mean like yeah like just get dirty like get into it you know that's my